Sabaho, everybody. Sabaho. I, uh, um, it is interesting. It is interesting. Well, actually, first and foremost, obviously, Sabaho, welcome back to the channel. Um, it is Saturday, Saturday the 12th, 12th, March 12th, 2021, 22. Okay, <clears throat> let's reset this. This week has been an interesting week. Um, Sabaho, everybody, welcome back to the channel. It is Saturday, March 12th, 2022, and I am your host, TK Bay. Um, also known as Tarek Bay. I don't know why I'm starting it this way, but welcome back. I see Finn is in the chat with us. Good morning, Greg. Good morning as well. And um, yeah, it's been one of those days. I'm like scrambling, trying to get things. I'm, I, we're obviously about a minute late. Um, Chemi's in the chat as well. Uh, but actually, right before we started the show, I was actually going through and changing the brand, uh, the branding of the, the stream. As you know, on Thursdays, Juan and I do the show with the best of our week. So those have like a different background and a different logo, like the one that's sitting right there. So as I was changing it, I realized that StreamYard keeps adding new features, which is great for many things. But what I did not know, what I did not know at all, was the fact that StreamYard now supports background music. So background music, the ability of actually adding some loops in the background. An example would be something like this. So there's this lo-fi one. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Let me know if you guys can hear that in the comment. I don't even know. I'm going to put it at level 12. So a little bit of a background music, a little bit of a mood kind of setting. I don't even know if uh, if, uh, if the actual uh, music is copyright free or not, but either way. Golan Lavi, shalom, shalom. Uh, <laughs> uh, hope you're doing well, Golan. Uh, it is an absolute amazing day. It is beautiful. It's not too cold, not too hot here in Southern California. Uh, happy weekend to everybody and Vinay uh, uh, as well. Thank you. Welcome to the chat. Um, everybody's kicking it with us. And, um, you know, actually, again, let me know if you guys can hear the background music. Because I don't know if it's actually mixing it in to you. Because I can hear it in my speakers. And I don't want it playing here. I want it here. Oh, okay. Uh, does it does it make the stream better? Does it match? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so either way... Um, I'm it's interesting to see but um for some reason I felt like lo-fi would be this the music background that would fit what I do um Greg has color os 12 beta 8 uh sorry color os 12 beta on 81 plus 8 which is really nice to be able to start getting some of those installations there I don't hear any background music uh what you like <laughs> uh so it yeah I guess it depends it feels um out of pace in my opinion yeah I kind of the same with you on that i'm actually going to turn it off i just i thought it was it was like i said it, it was interesting it was new i was changing things and i was like they be, they keep doing this right they keep adding different things and i, I appreciate what they're trying to do um so i just turned it off chemi so i guess some people were able to hear that i didn't know if finn was able to hear it i don't know if it was um if it's something to do with the way you're listening to it if you're on the phone or if you're on the headsets or earbuds it could change things differently there um but yes, so as you saw probably with the title of the video, I've been, I pushed out a couple of videos this week on the S8 um, Ultra, the Tab S8 Ultra, and the S22 Ultra. Both of these devices I've had for about two weeks. I received them a couple of days before my trip to Barcelona uh, for MWC. And believe it or not, I actually did travel with the S20, uh, the S22 Ultra or the Note 22 Ultra. Uh, and I have some opinions on basically just overall usability, functionality, updates, uh, my experience with using a specifically a branded version of the S22 Ultra, which has been a little bit of a mixed bag for me. 
Um, and then also updates, updates that are kind of like just almost non-existent at this point yet. I haven't seen an update yet. I'm waiting for the update on T-Mobile. Uh, so, but what I want to also kind of talk about is the excitement level that I had with both the S8 and the S22, because this is a different experience for me. I, I'm used to, or I used to be very excited about every year's updates, every new release from Samsung. And I think up to the S20 Ultra, I'll be honest, that was pretty much the peak of my excitement with Samsung. Uh, not to say that I'm not happy about them being in the business and producing con you know, devices and, and pushing some of their boundaries. Um, I still feel like for some reason, their, their updates to the S21 series, to the S22 series have been more kind of slow, incremental update. There was a little bit of a big, obviously, you know, uh, interest, interesting approach to what they did with the S22, where it's really a Note, not an, not an, not an S series. But the big thing for me, at, at least at the end of the day, when I look at both of these devices, is what do they provide? Are they meeting the expectation of what we're supposed to be receiving? And what's the purpose of these devices? So I want to talk a little bit about that. Obviously, I want to catch up with some of you guys. I see Russ, Jimmy Fire Dragons in there as well. Um, and of course, it just uh, everybody kicking it with us on this beautiful Saturday. Um, I also want to give out a quick shout out to Roger, Roger Bot, if he's in the chat or ends up coming in later on. Uh, he's been doing some really good gaming. I've been hanging out in his chats uh, a little bit over the week. I haven't been able to play a lot, um, like streaming or being on, you know, playing with, uh, what's it called, with Matt uh, over on his stream. But I've been trying to basically support everybody. Uh, so Roger, of course, uh, Roger Bot, and of course, uh, you know, uh, Matt Matt Tyler in, uh, with his uh, with the gaming channels over on Twitch. So if you guys are new, you haven't heard of them, please make sure to check them out. Uh, but with that being said... The week has been an interesting week. We had an amazing, well, I would say an amazing, there was a lot of announcements from Apple. There's a lot of different opinions on that this year for some reason. And it's a little bit more polarizing depending on where you are. Um, Greg says it's snowing over here. How in the, okay, so this is like, okay, so Greg's saying it's snowing over there. We're getting sunny weather in Southern California and literally like no rain, like no rain, nothing. So no precipitation. And he's getting all the precipitation on the East Coast for that. So stay, stay cool. Uh, but also actually stay warm. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Um, Golan is actually jumping in with, uh, I must point out that I'm disappointed with the two devices I intended to upgrade uh, for the OnePlus, the OnePlus 10 Pro and the Oppo Find X5 Pro, both without uh, periscopes. So the experience that we had with, with last year, uh, so the, what Golan's referencing here is last year, the Find X3 Pro. So Oppo is known for experimenting and producing uh, devices that are typically different every year. So the Find X2 Pro is very different than the Find X3 Pro, and the Find X3 Pro is not necessarily very different, but slightly different than what we saw with the Find X5 Pro. But what he's say, referencing is the periscope camera, that the camera that they added on it that enables us to actually get very up close, like very close to the subject and get those really interesting, uh, you know, camera experiences on there. And both of the devices, either both the OnePlus and the Oppo with this year, does, didn't bring that in. Surprisingly, though, Golan, if you know, um, it seems like Realme decided to carry the torch on that one because that's the actual third camera that they have on the back there. They have an ultra-wide and a main sensor that are dual 50 megapixel sensors on the GT2 Pro. And in this one, they decided to go with the periscope, which is why I kind of, I've always kind of said it. I feel like Realme took, like if, if there was a Find X3 Pro and a OnePlus 9 Pro that got married and then they had a kid, it would be the Realme GT2 Pro because it's it's a it's a combination of devices that give you um, literally the best of both worlds. We, we're getting an uncontrolled and basically full potential uh, 8 Gen 1. We're getting a large battery, fast charging on it as well. Uh, we're also getting some really good capabilities on the cameras there. And again, we're getting that type of technology as well as 8K, which... 
hope what typically doesn't do. But I, I understand with you. I mean, if it, it's not everybody, it, I find it interesting that 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 Oppo always likes to innovate with their fine series. So the fine series are known for being different every year. This year, though, they kind of carried a little bit of the aesthetics, right? The Find X5 Pro and the Find X3 Pro similar look very similar, slightly different finish. Uh, we're getting the <clears throat> we're getting a ceramic back on there, and we're also getting uh, again the Dual 50 with more focus on um, better imagery and, and of course five access stabilization, which they decided to do. Now, I will say this: I asked the team over, and I'll take this one first. While I was at MWC. It was literally one of my first questions to ask. It's like, what happened? Why are we not getting the, you know, why did you take away the periscope? The only, uh, the only answer that I was able to get out of them was the five axis stabilization with OIS on the main sensor that they put in with the Find X5 Pro took more space in the actual assembly around the camera. So the design space is actually limiting them a little bit to be able to add that periscope back in there. This is why we didn't get that, that, that camera that we got last year. Um, and they wanted to focus more on that type of an experience, which I will admit the cameras uh, are better. They definitely do perform much better in low light. Uh, I find photography and especially video stabilization much better on the Find X5 Pro. So it's kind of always kind of be a type of a kind of like a well-balanced situation. Like what can you do? What do you want to do? And I th and I feel you though. I really liked uh, the the mechanism that we got there with the the telescope camera, but. Uh, it seems like, you know, I would maybe recommend checking out Realme. Realme seems to work very nicely. Even though I wasn't getting 5G in the US, I was still getting pretty decent speeds. I feel like the modem support on Oppo and OnePlus and as well as Realme in the US is actually pretty good. Not 5G speeds, but still very fast 4G LTE, which can easily get you into the 200, down, 200 megabits down. I'm talking crazy fast speeds, which most sites will not even allow us to do use that type of bandwidth. Uh, but jumping back in here tk uh russ is jumping with the comment tk the oneplus 8 uh, sorry the s8 plus is a great middle ground uh for tablets weird thing i actually don't recommend most people buying the s8 ultra i don't think the s8 ultra is the right format i came from an s7 plus to an s8 ultra and the s8 ultra seriously for the use cases that i'm using i find them working perfectly and i think that's what it meets it meets the need that i'm looking for i need a large display that can fit more than one thing i want to be able to control my camera but also be able to use my notes and also i want to be able to see it from a certain distance the tap s8 s8 plus is that device i actually would recommend you going into the s8 plus uh, because i feel like it has it strikes that balance between the s8 and the s8 ultra where the oled the fast refresh rate the hn1 the technologies and so on and you get some of the best experiences with a smaller display so uh oh sorry didn't finish reading the comment there I tried one in the store um, and the Ultra is going to be uh, a burden holding in the keyboard uh, setup. Uh, it's best suited uh, with this. I absolutely agree with you. This, So just for reference what, for what uh, Russ is talking about. So this is the Tab S8 Ultra. I've already had to ship my S8 uh, 7 Plus. The Tab itself is, I mean, let's just say this. It, that's how, I mean, it could be really, really large. And, um, and what I'm trying to say essentially is with the keyboard, it becomes very big. Obviously, you can remove the keyboard. You can use it straight. Um, the, the, uh, the magnets on the keyboard are actually pretty good. And of course, the you can use it as a laptop. It really needs to be that functional for you to be able to get that one. This is one of the reasons why I recommend you, you know, if you're going to pick up a tablet, 
the S8 Plus is still where, where it's at. You get all the benefits minus the slightly smaller battery, but also kind of like the ability of having a, you know, a high resolution display with a high refresh rate. So you could definitely enjoy playing games on them. I don't necessarily play a lot of games. I consume content more, but I also control devices with it more. So an example would be what we're using right now. Typically, that's what I'm controlling. My camera is outside of my reach. I can't touch, I can't go over and configure it every time just to make sure that I'm in the right focus. So this always allows me to be slightly different uh, away from it. Uh, but yeah, no, no, definitely. Russ, right on point right there. Um, let me jump in here. Go on. Yeah, hey, Ibrahim, good morning. Sabaho, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Russ, back with another one. Um, how good is the microscope on the GT2 Pro and how does it compare to the Oppo Find X3? So the camera on the GT2 Pro is a three megapixel microscope camera. It is very much the exact experience with the exception of, I feel like I always have to kind of be a little bit away from it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't allow me to be like right on top when I'm actually putting it to, to, to use the microscope. As far as the images, they're pretty much the exact same experience. I think this is for the lack of a better term, a recycling a piece uh, uh, basically uh, like a like one part that was used for one device now is being used on something else uh, in the BBK family. So uh, very much the same experience. It just that's what's being carried on. Uh, although I don't know the specific megapixel um, count on the Find X3 Pro on the Find uh, on the GT2 Pro. I know that it's a three megapixel sensor. So I saw it somewhere where somebody was referencing the actual um, you know the camera the sensor that we have in there. Uh, but it is actually literally identical in function. So if you if you like the, the microscope on what you saw with the Find X3 Pro, you can get it for a slightly better price also on the GT2 Pro here from Realme. Um, and, you know, you can still kind of get the best experience there without, you know, compromising because Realme is really in this iteration with the GT2 Pro, they're really hitting the, the flagship experience at a very high level without hitting the price point. And if you were able to get in on some of the early bird pricing that they talked about, you're able to save like 50, almost to 100 euros off of that. It's crazy, crazy pricing on there. But yes, very nice. Uh, Greg's jumping in. Um, I think Color OS will be more compatible for, for, for the US market. I think, <laughs> I like it, sorry. Um, when you have a phone that likes to answer. I think ColorOS as, a, as an operating system is going to be a very big part of the US market when it comes down to uh, OnePlus experience, right? Still don't have anything on the OnePlus 10 Pro, which we're hearing rumors, but essentially when I was at MWC, I got a chance to see a OnePlus 10 Pro running Oxygen OS 12, or 12.1 12 if I'm not mistaken, or something to that effect. And the, the goal behind that essentially is that the hardware is ready, the device is there, the software is ready, and it is it does exist on certain devices. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you, when the unified OS is, uh, experience is going to come around, meaning when Oppo and OnePlus are going to start using more of a singular US operator, uh, not US, a singular OS, um, yeah, ColorOS is going to be a big part of it. And it just might just understand, I think, a lot of us always have, um, I would say maybe their concerns or, you know, maybe not very familiar with it. ColorOS as an operating system is crazy fast very customizable and also very responsive to any kind of configuration that you want to be able to do. So if you haven't seen that, there's a few videos on the main channel and the TK Bay channel where I've covered like ColorOS 12, ColorOS 11, their evolutionary updates and how we've been moving into this new system. Now, Oxygen OS, once I'm able to get my hands on, um, you know, let's say hopefully a 10 Pro, once that, the, I'm going to specifically hold off till the, the international, the US version comes out. Um, I definitely will be making a video similar to that and maybe doing a comparison between the two just to show that we're not necessarily, you know, 
too far from each other, but we're also benefiting from this relationship way more than people should be bothered by. I think people need to appreciate that at the end of the day, their collaboration gives us some of the main benefits from both Color OS and Oxygen OS. And I think they're both at a very good stage in their, in their development. Even though, like I said, they're more unified now, uh, at some point we're gonna be basically just living in that, in that ecosystem. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of rumors. Okay, uh, Vinay is asking, is any rumors or any info about the Nothings uh, 23rd event? So if you guys follow Carl Pei, you probably, I'm sure most of us do, uh, there was a little bit of a teaser that he put out about uh, some type of an event or an announcement later on. There's rumors going around based on some, I guess, images that were captured of Carl talking to Cristiano um, and basically covering, uh, you know, holding a specific device in hand. Obviously, Cristiano is based, uh, is obviously he's, he's the head of Qualcomm. He's basically, if we are thinking of anything else, Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, Snapdragon, Qualcomm, that's basically Cristiano. And of course, when we talk about Carl Pei, we're talking about nothing. So there is a very good potential that we are going to hear about a device, a device that is going to try to compete with the rest of the market and try to make a name for itself. So far, nothing as a company has only produced us a pair of buds, which some people appreciate, some people love, some people could basically, you know, feel very indifferent about it. Um, nothing's wrong with the buds. Obviously, they did their, their job. There's quite a, there's a small following that goes around them. But this is pretty much where Carl, it, when, when he left, uh, you know, OnePlus, we always wondered when will be when, when will that next phone uh, experience going to be? So th that's pretty much what the rumors are. They're leading into a specific collaboration. Could it be something specific? You know, maybe it's a stockish Android type of an experience. Is it going to be something very left field? A lot of people are invested. Qualcomm is part of the experience. And it just makes sense that, you know, nothing could get back into this into this field. How big of an impact can they make? We'll have to say, and we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, those are pretty much the rumors that we're hearing. Obviously, there could be uh, the earbuds coming in a little bit later on again, but I think this is more gonna be around the phone. Um, I see David Burns is with us. Good morning, good morning. Marilyn Sabaho, welcome back. <laughs> uh, Golan, any, anytime, anytime, man. Um, Oh, okay. So here, uh, Greg finally got the I got the Extreme Skin um, Stormtrooper Edition. Oh, nice. So the, I'm assuming it's the panda kind of look, the black and white kind of coloring kind of go in, uh, which surprisingly has been a, a very um, I've been actually a big fan of the the white on uh, the white on black uh, kind of like where the sensors are black and then you get the white color. The Find X5 Pro and uh, also the GT2 Pro were both in white, so I really got to appreciate the colors on there. Um, nothing against green, which, uh, you know, with the S22 Ultra, which I want to start talking about a little bit. Nothing against this one. So, hey, it does work. Can we get it? And, yep, Sony likes my S22. Uh, this is actually a nice color. I like it. It works for me. Uh, unfortunately, since I have it in the case, you can't pretty much tell what the color is. Um, but I, congrats, man. Hope you, hope you like it. And uh, Extreme Skins, uh, specifically, actually, if you guys liked, uh, they do provide, um, they, they're, they're providing a 10% discount for the channel, TK Bay, and you'll be able to save up like 10% off your order directly from ExtremeSkins.com. Uh, they're, they're a UK-based company, but they ship internationally. So hopefully, um, I'm on probably waiting for some S22 Ultra skins. As soon as I get those, I'll definitely share those with you guys, of course. Um, Okay, uh, so here we have uh, Dragon Goddess. Uh, sorry, Goddess. Sorry, Dragon Goddess says, "How was uh, how is it for gaming on a tablet?" 
So the best part about having a gaming experience on a tablet, now you're running obviously the 8th Gen 1. The version I got, I got the 8 gigs of RAM, and it has 128 gigs of internal storage with expandable storage. A large display, 120 hertz refresh rate display. So the gaming on this is without a doubt some of the best experiences on mobile tech to date. The biggest thing that you're probably going to have to uh, worry about is obviously formatting and compatibility with a large display. So the developers have to have thought of having a bigger canvas to play. Otherwise, pretty much it's just a zoomed out or zoomed in, sorry, experience. So where you typically would have experienced the game on a smartphone. So if this size, it's going to come in at that size and it makes it so that you actually have to be able to play it with it a little bit be, uh, a step away. I did not I did not appreciate the gaming experience holding the tablet on this as much as I did on the Tab S7 Plus. The Tab S7 Plus feels more of the standard 10 inch close to 10 inch tablet of experience. This one's quite a bit uh, wider. So it's greater it's great to be able to put it on the table and what I really like about it this is one of the things you probably should do if you're thinking about picking it up either the S8 or even S8 Plus or at the S8 Ultra uh, is make sure you get a case that has one of these guys those kicked stands. The ability of having it just stand there and the ability of just propping it wherever you want and then using it as a display is kind of like a laptop. So yes, gaming, absolutely fantastic. Uh, racing gaming, refresh rate is very nice, very high. Um, it has a larger battery to accommodate the fact that it has a larger display. The bezels on this are also very, very small. So you're not going to have any missed issues there enjoying content there. So if you're thinking about buying either the S8 Plus or the S8 Ultra, you're not going to be disappointed. I think the Agent one can definitely perform well. One thing to mention, because I'm not holding it, because this is more propped and sitting slightly away, it does a, a decent job of generating or dissipating the heat from the 8 Gen 1, and it has a much more of a bigger surface to dissipate that heat, so not as much of an issue. Uh, and then performance-wise, it should be able to handle heat and uh, basically allow us to enjoy the content a little bit longer. So hopefully that helps you there, uh, Dragon Goddess, right there. Um, Russ, <laughs> a dual boot with Windows uh, would, would be awesome. And of course, with Dex built in as an option. Um, so there are other options. There are some uh, secondary projects that are going on that allow us to install Linux as a dual boot option. I haven't really looked that much into the Tab S8, mostly because not a lot of people are getting them in, in time yet. There's still people behind. Uh, what I mean by that is orders are being delayed. I saw, I think, a couple of tweets uh, within the last couple of days. Some people getting emails from uh, from Samsung saying that they're two weeks behind. So there are people that are still waiting to get their tablets, their phones, and it is a little bit frustrating for some people because of the way things have gone. I was lucky enough to be able to get mine a couple of days before my trip. It actually was delivered a couple of days before the launch event, availability in stores, but um, it is a little bit frustrating. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, it would be really nice to be able to dual boot this one with either, like, is it Windows on ARM can definitely ha happen. Uh, but like, even if we're just running Linux, you know, it's like Ubuntu. Running Ubuntu on this would be absolutely fantastic. The format, the keyboard, the flexibility of having everything collapse into the, like a, a, an ultra thin laptop experience with the A Gen 1. Uh, you cannot really, seriously, very few devices can actually compete in that market. Um, I, okay. So Greg says I'm using the surface pro X TK is very, it, it is very nice. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I can finish jumping that in there. Da -da -da. Chemi. Okay. Chemi's jumping in. Um, do you think the near, in the near future, we will be able to see a phone able to change lenses, uh, internally for macro telephoto or, uh, and, and normal lenses? Um, you know, actually I wouldn't be surprised. Um, one of the devices, one of the lenses that I got a chance to, one of the new technologies that I got a chance to check out when I was at MWC, and it happens to be also at OPPO again, um, 
we've seen camera sensors that pop up, right? So we've, if you guys remember, the OnePlus 9, 7 Pro used to have a pop-up camera. So the mechanism just pushes the camera up, you take a picture, and then it comes back down, and it gives you a full display experience. So Oppo's pushing that limit, improving in what we've seen before with the uh, ZTE, uh, the in-display finger, uh, the cameras. So that's going to be some of the new things uh, we're, we're looking in there. Um, as far as the back sensor, they had a demo of a sensor or a camera where the camera itself, the entire housing of the camera kind of pushes out, okay? So the camera itself becomes a periscope camera by just pushing, getting closer and allowing the space between the front lens elements, so the glass on the front and the glass that's probably closer to the sensor to separate, creating that telephoto experience. So it arguably switching lenses by creating the space between two lenses in there. Now, the benefit here is that it is actually kind of moving into the, in that direction. I, I worry sometimes when we talk about moving parts on a smartphone. And, and I say this because <coughs> Sony did very, something very similar, right? On their uh, on the Xperia 1 Mark III, they gave us two telephoto focal length, the 70 and the 105. And they did that similarly by doing the exact same thing. They're moving elements inside of the camera sensor slightly away or to, towards each other by I mean either of tuning them to allow them to actually create the um, the effect of zoom uh, but still using it on the optical side not digital so you're not using digital by just punching in and getting more pixelated you're actually using glass so i wouldn't be surprised if seeing a device that does try to attempt providing us experiences where it's one giant sensor or the biggest sensor on the phone and then all you end up doing is if you want to tell a photo it pushes some couple of pieces of glass in front of it and suddenly we're looking at a, at a telephoto lens and if you want to be able to see an ultra wide and it actually puts that more of a closer to a fisheye lens on top of it and then it gives you more of that wider angle and and do apologize there and you're getting that type of type of experience is it functional it, i'm i'm always worried when i hear moving mechanical parts the 7 pro never had a problem for me um, but I, I will also say that I didn't use it beyond the, uh, the year when we jumped over to the eight. So longevity and long-term use, always kind of an, a concern. Uh, but I'm definitely hopeful that some company would be able to make it happen. And, and I really wouldn't be surprised if Vivo or Sony end up being those companies. So a little bit longer. Um, El Josa, hey, man, good morning. Good morning, Sabajo. Hope you're doing well. Oh, man. Hmm. Always got to stay hydrated. Keep, keep, the, <laughs> keep it going. Let me go ahead and just real quick. Um, I, don't, I don't get the hype about Carl Pei. Carl Pei is the hype. It's really there. Um, I've met the gentleman, definitely very focused, very smart. Um, it, it's, I mean, let's just, let's just be very frank. A big part of what made OnePlus OnePlus was the hype. But it was also because OnePlus delivered at some point in, in life. And they also had a lot of controversy. There was a lot of things going on. They were never 100% perfect. Um, but people love them. People love the underdog. People love that experience of what OnePlus was doing. It, again, it, it, its essence, its origins are a very unique experience between enthusiasts, modders, and, and, and just basically a small knit community that, that built the brand or helped you know, champion the brand to where it is today. But that message or that, that part of the company is no longer here. OnePlus is no longer trying to give us um, a, a very, you know, a flagship killer. They no longer use that moniker because it really is. They're in that flagship category. They've reached what they've always been trying to reach. Carl is very smart in creating hype, very smart in creating demand and, and also be that mystique and that mystere of going around it. Will this be something that this, you know, can, can deliver? I think the biggest thing about what happened with Carl Pei is he has right now is a very big chance to prove to the world that he can recreate this effect twice. Can it happen twice? 
this is where that's where it kind of gets a little bit hard. The initial generation, the initial boost that we got with OnePlus was because it was actually, uh, you know, connected to Cyanogen. OnePlus got its name, the original hype, the original flagship killer, the original OnePlus One or the first OnePlus smartphone was a Cyanogen phone. And it's the Cyanogen community, the people that love Cyanogen Mod as an operating system or a custom ROM on their smartphones that championed this, that were buying it. They wanted a phone that was supported by the OS, by the custom ROM uh, uh, you know, provider, uh, by CM as a company at some point. Um, and that was what got them excited. In, in OnePlus 2, you notice we had the option of CM, and then they separated from each other, and they were able to do that catalyst effect, keep going, uh, better pricing or great pricing, but not so expensive. And I just realized, by the way, guys, my new lens is sitting right in very... I got to fix my camera. Sorry, I, I just picked up a new... I think I want to say it's an 18 to 50 or an 18 to uh, at 16 to 50 Sigma lens for my top-down camera. And I just realized that it's been in the frame the whole time. So I do apologize for that. But yeah, uh, they, uh, like I said, Dave, um, David, sorry. Um, it's a hype, right? It's more about getting people to look at it and see. And that's really what he has to drive right now. Because without the hype, there really isn't much for, for what nothing is doing right now. They're not innovating, right? The earbuds are not groundbreaking. They're not bringing in that experience of, oh my God. But they were, they're still trying to use the same mechanism as OnePlus did, right? That exclusivity, that only small batches are available, only available on some websites that not everybody can access so that they don't sell out and people don't get really upset at them. So they're really playing it very slow and safe. And I think this is what's going to continue here. Their smartphone is going to be the exact same. It's going to be almost impossible to get. But I think they're going to miss that effect of why that, that whole hype built up factor. That's going to work against them because what worked before was it was a literally small community that built on it. And this is different. You know, like I said, collaboration, working with big companies. And unless we start seeing the big companies that are backing them up, pushing them, meaning helping them promote and putting their putting their images, putting their their devices in people's face, you know, in front of people. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, we'll have to see. But uh, it is definitely always interesting to see what Carl is always working on. I did not get a chance to see him while I was in WC. I heard that he was there. Uh, it would have been nice to be able to take another picture. I did take a picture with him. And I need to find that picture with uh, Michelle back at, um, I want to say it was my last launch event for OnePlus in the UK. I've been to more of the other launches in the US. Um, and yeah, so Carl, definitely a cool guy. Uh, let me double check here. I think I'm maybe a little bit behind here with time. Da, da, da. Yeah, I'm about eight minutes or so behind on the chat. Hey, Life of Tech, everybody say hi to Roger. Welcome, welcome back. I must admit, I love, I quite like Dex. Dex is really nice. It really, really is very nice. Um, everybody say hi to uh, Life of Tech, Roger, or as I like to call him, Roger Bot over on Twitch. Uh, make sure you guys check him out. Uh, and of course, uh, give him a follow and uh, bug him on, on on his streams and just say, let him know TK, TK sent you just, just to rattle him up. I'm always in the chat as well. So definitely very, very nice. Um, Dominic, Dominic's in the chat. Hey man, good morning, Sabaho. Hope you're doing well. TK for gaming only. I always recommend uh, the Switch because it's a better value for the money, in my opinion. Um, unless one wants to run other apps on the tablet, I find I, I I appreciate the recommendation, and I think you're right. This is a again an unruly experience of a tablet. Even with the Tab S7 Plus, it's still somewhat of a bigger form factor. It needs to be set. Uh, you can be using it, but I don't know if you're going to be, you want to be the person sitting somewhere and playing on the tablet or trying to take pictures with it. 
I find the Switch, it's a purposely built type of an experience, right? It's kind of like the Valve, uh, you know, the uh, the Steam Deck. Um, and of course, what we see with uh, like the the the, um, the, the Snapdragon, um, the, the C3X, no, the G3X, the gaming focused uh, SoC. That form factor is much more portable, easier to carry, and much more, much easier to, uh, to be able to change experiences. And you're really not having to worry about crashes or whatever. It just does this one thing, and it does it quite well. The Switch is perfect for that. And even the new Switch OLED, obviously, is slightly bigger on the display, and it looks really nice. Um, I'll say that the original Switch, even with the little bit of the drift on the, uh, the Joy-Cons, are still serving us quite well. I'm pretty sure my son's sitting on the couch right now playing Splatoon uh, because, you know, that's what you do. Uh, but I, I recommend, yeah, if you're looking for something that is more specific to gaming and portability, the Switch, uh, you know, the new uh, Stream Deck, it's going to definitely be more optional, more focused on that experience. If you want something a little bit more functional, meaning you want to be able to play some casual gaming, but you still want to be able to consume content, be creative and do things using S Pen functionalities on them. I feel like the tablet does provide that. And Samsung's making it very, uh, very enticing with the pricing that they've been going on as far as availability, you know, if you're able to get it in time. Um, Rogers kicked it. <laughs> Doing good, guys. Uh, man, always, always appreciate having ha having Roger hanging out with us here. Dominic kicking it with us. Uh, I should I should get this installed on my, on my watch active general. Uh, Dex is a very interesting... I mean, so right now, we should really, really kind of just see what we have on the market, right? We have EMUI, which is pretty much, uh, for the most part, uh, only lives on this device or devices from Huawei. So again, limited to that functionality and what you're able to do there. The, and when I say limited, I pretty much mean just the availability of certain apps. Although, again, Pedal Search and App Gallery are getting so much better. This is not the same experience that I had on the, uh, let's say the P30 or the P40 pedal search on the P50, uh, not the P, uh, P40, uh, the uh, Mate 40, the pedal search is definitely much, much better. And EMUI still is present and runs. This is based on Android, obviously. So this is one of the benefits there. Uh, we have Samsung and their DeX experience. LG no longer, unfortunately, available. And Samsung still holds the crown as the best experience right now. I haven't had a chance to play with Motorola's Ready 4. Now, Motorola has an, uh, their own desktop experience as well, and it's available on a specific number of their devices. Not every device they release has it. It's called Ready 4, and I really would love to be able to check it out. So I, Motorola released or announced, I think was it a couple weeks ago, uh, they're launching a new uh, smartphone in the U.S. market, so I'm hoping to be able to get my hands on that. Uh, and if I do, I'll definitely be focusing on the experience there because I really feel like laptops or smartphones that are used right now again a gen one very powerful processor way more powerful than what most people will use on this device can definitely power an entire laptop experience and that's one thing about the um the dex uh, sorry the tab s8 that w most tablets on the market don't do is that this this tablet i was going to take the keyboard out uh by default let's go ahead and unlock runs this format right so we get to see it here in tablet mode but if you want without changing anything oops and if you don't drop it you're able to jump into decks so you guys could see yourself there where the chat will give it a second to finish and that it literally becomes a tablet it becomes an entire experience on the actual unit and if i don't want it i can actually just say exit decks takes me back into the actual experience and i'm jumping back into a tablet experience i'll give it a second in literally not even 10 10 to 15 seconds so that's the benefit here. We don't have any other offerings like this from the other uh, the other areas. But Ready4 is something that I'm really excited for. Um, we also saw the, the video that Juan pushed out uh, about Android 12L desktop mode on both the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II 
and I think if I wasn't mistaken, the OnePlus 9 Pro, still not a ready for production, ready for usage type of an experience. Um, but the long answer is, we need more like this. We need better support. We need Google to allow us to use uh, external display support and allow us to use uh, the desktop experience on our pixels right out of the box. So this is something to keep in mind. I'm really, I'm really excited about what Dex is offering. And it's something that I really like about this. I can switch on with the keyboard on this, use it in Dex mode, and it literally feels like it's a laptop. Um, and of course, still running Android because we still have access to everything that the tablet has in Android mode. Uh, ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Roger, anytime, man. Anytime. No, seriously. Um, community over on, on, on Roger's channel has actually been doing really, really nice and really fun to hang out with. My favorite part is making Roger dance, but that's just me. And there will not be any emotes to allow people to ask me to dance here because this is not going to be a dancing channel. Uh, he has a really good setup and, of course, everything kind of kicking it really, really beautifully there. Purposely Gaming, our buddy, our old friend, Matt Tyler, kicking it up here with his incognito hanging out with us. Hi there. I'm at work, but jumping in just to say, hey, hope you guys are doing well. Thank you very much, man. Have a good day. And, um, you know, yeah, definitely. We'll catch you on the next uh, next stream as, as always. Oh man. Okay. Let me see here. I think those I, uh, Oh, okay. So, uh, Rogers has said, I just got loop deck live TK, uh, but I'm finding it's a lot of software that isn't compatible. Uh, do you think it should be, should I switch over to steam, uh, stream deck or ditch loop deck? So I personally use steam deck. This is one of my personal preferences and I used the large one, the Excel model. It's so much more functional for me, mostly because of the ease of use and the folder customization. Just keep in mind that every button on a Steam Deck um, is Stream Deck is customizable to be a multifunction. Like you can create folders, you can create different functionality and different layers of Windows. And I find it so much easier to work with, especially when you're streaming, because you just twitch, you know, touch a button, open a button, and I use it heavily on my Amazon streams. So I can only recommend this one, obviously, since I kind of use it. It's a great piece of tech. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, uh, it definitely, it wouldn't hurt, by the way, also looking at on Amazon sometimes. I personally bought my um, Steam, Stream Deck, the small, the, 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 what am I talking about? It's the six, the six button configuration one, the tiny one, uh, the mini. Uh, I bought that one used and it was actually a really good deal and it works just as good. Uh, but for my main setup, this is literally production video, streaming, meetings, everything like that. Um, I always use the X, uh, the XL, the XL is going to be better. So, uh, I, yeah, it, uh, we can talk more obviously. Uh, and of course I can show you some of the stuff that I have on mine set up, uh, as far as, you know, especially integration with OBS, much, much better integration here, uh, scene detection, insert, pop-up videos, background music, a whole bunch of different things. Absolutely great. Very, very nice. Um, uh, not sure if you, uh, if you've used them about wonder what you think. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm hoping you're still in the chat. Let me know what you think. Um, I re okay, I really want to. I, uh, I really would love to see ColorOS desktop mode. Every single time I have, I've had an opportunity to talk to somebody from Oppo, be it at a show, at, at at a meeting, or so on. I always ask, when is desktop mode coming in? When will Oppo? Because you got to remember, if Oppo starts developing it at some point or another, it'll start permeating over to OnePlus and even Realme. So you got to realize where the source and where the main 
um, I want to say the pop-up error, but you know, kind of like the experience is kind of flowing from. So uh, always been asking for it. I know that we have the architecture for it in most uh, smartphones because Oppo doesn't uh, Oppo doesn't hide it. Now they don't turn it on by default, but you if you go into the developer settings on your on your OnePlus or your Oppo or your Realme, you're able to turn on desktop mode and you're also able to turn on certain functionality like resizable windows and pop-up windows and so on. So it doesn't kind of work the way we have it on Sony right now. It seems like Sony just goes full screen with everything where OnePlus allows us to actually have floating windows, which which is a very important component of a desktop experience. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you, definitely, Finn. Always, always want that. Uh, Dominic, TK, um, have you noticed apps crashing on the S22? YouTube kept crashing on my Exynos S21+. Plus. Uh, I haven't had any problems with YouTube. I'm having problems with Instagram every once in a while. And what I mean by this is um, I open up and I go into Instagram and the entire page is frozen. I cannot interact with any of the elements. I would literally have to basically close it or swipe it away and open it one more time after it actually been sitting in memory for it to start working for me. Uh, for me. And I've had a few times where it actually crashes in the middle of me, let's say posting a reel and I have to just go back and it saves my spot in there, but it doesn't, yeah. I'm having some issues, but it's not it's not with YouTube, uh, the YouTube app. Um, and I, I can it depends on, uh, you know, different usability. I did see a video, if I'm not mistaken, um, by Adam, Adam Conway over at XDA. And he was showing some comparisons between the Exynos and the uh, and the Snapdragon. So there may be some software optimizations that need to come through. I know at least right now in the US on the not the unlocked model specifically, uh, but at least um, on T Mobile side, I saw something from one of the T Mobile PR people. Uh, they said that basically there's an update coming in and I keep checking it, but I don't see any updates coming in on my S22 Ultra. So let's go ahead and see if you guys could be able to oh, again, no, it's not going to focus. And here we are. Let me see. Is it No, Not going to happen. Nope. Same. No software update. Um, there's something that hopefully they'll be able to uh, update. Also, just for re quick reference, um, uh, Dominic, are you by any chance using any beta? Are you part of any beta programs on, on these apps? Sometimes that could also cause an issue. I recommend you jumping out of beta, especially when you're running any issues like that and it crashes. For me on Instagram, I know that some of my problem is because I'm on the beta channel, but I love having those new features added um, as, as soon as they're available. So hopefully that helps. Sorry about that. Um, TK, uh, sorry, Russ, TK, how's the backlight um, on the book cover keyboard on the uh, the Ultra? Um, I uh, I hope that the, they've released a version 2 for the S8 and S8 Plus. So I haven't seen one for the S8 and the S8 Plus, but yes, there is a backlight. It is actually very nice if there is a low light situation. It's harder to tell when it's during daylight. And what I mean is like right now, if I try to show it to you, it's hard to tell. Uh, but it's actually very nice. You hit the function key and the backlight button on the top right. And you can have, I think it was at four steps off on uh, off low medium and high so those are the four step configuration in there and it actually makes it very nice especially in low light so that you can see where you're typing if you don't have the muscle memory kind of going on obviously very very nice um, not the brightest keyboard on the market but i definitely appreciate having it as as a feature um, initially i think when i was setting it up i was one of those uh, first thing i was like okay how do you work with this in the dark and i saw that that it was there um, and i'm also very i, I will say this you know, and it's actually, this is a good segue, uh, Rust, and thank you for kind of leading me into it. The excitement factor from the S22 Ultra to the Tab S8 Ultra for me in 2022 has been heavily shifted over to the Tab S8 Ultra. I felt like Samsung is still holding to their original stories and the original message of giving you more every time you upgrade, especially for loyal fans. So for pre-ordering, you got the keyboard, the keyboard case that I'm looking at, I'm showing you guys right now, this one. And it is considered to be one of the more expensive one at about $300 or so that was included for free. 
on top of the discounts, on top of the fact that I was able to trade in my S8, uh, S7 Plus uh, tablet, I was actually able to get this tablet down with the keyboard down to around $400 or so, which for me is more affordable um, as opposed to the $1,200 plus price point. So the excitement for me is I have SD card support. I had the ability of using, you know, I, I was able to also get some credits on it with the pre-order to get some benefits. And I got the extra, uh, the, the standing uh, case cover, uh, mostly because, and I'll say, I'll be very frank, 90% of the time when I'm using it here in the studio, when I'm using it with, a, with producing content, I'm actually using it without the keyboard. This is the way I use it. But I also find that it doesn't protect the sides of it as much as uh, as much as having the front display covered. So for me, when I'm using it like this, I really would appreciate a case that covers the entire device. Um, and then, so that one is in, the, in that that's coming up in the mail, hopefully at some point that's also been delayed. Um, but what I'm trying to say is the excitement for me was I got, I felt like I was getting way more with the Tab S8 Plus as opposed to what I was getting with the S22 Ultra. The S22 Ultra for me is a note. It's a note that we didn't get last year for, for shortage of hardware, maybe a strategy change from Samsung, but it was released in the early, in the early year. And, and it could be very much because I kind of psyched myself into this, knowing that this is a note and how I feel about notes. Note devices are great. They're very functional. They're very good in what they do. On the average, though, I like to carry the S series more than I like to carry the Note. I have other devices that use pens. If I want a pen input on a device, again, last year or a couple of years ago, I had the S7 Plus, very much same experience, and I didn't have to worry about it. The S21 Ultra had a pen input. I had the case and I bought it, but I'll be very honest, within a week or so of having that case, because it was so much wider, because the pen was really making the experience slightly different, I chose to take the pen out of the case and I didn't carry it. And then there was a separate pen that was released. There's a whole story there. Long story short, excitement level for me this year has been very much into the Tab. And the Tab S8 Ultra, although a much uh, larger display than what I had with the S7 Plus, it is very much enjoyable. Content is very clear, very sharp. The speakers on this are crazy good. Laptop experience is really nice. I cannot recommend this enough to anybody that's looking for a tablet laptop hybrid experience. Um, in that form factor. And of course, premium experience when it comes to tablets, Android tablets on the market now, being that, again, Samsung's the only company providing that experience. Uh, I, I still think the S7, or sorry, the S8 Plus is the better form factor, uh, but I'm hoping that they do provide those keyboards as well. Um, Dragon God, uh, Goddess is jumping back. Um, Long is, uh, how, okay. Um, Long is how my mobile, uh, I got DX, I got DX. And again, S8 Plus, I'm running now. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, you're on the S8 Plus. So it's, it's thank you very much. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, um, how long will, how long will it, okay, I'm thinking, I'm assuming your question is how long will it work um, as far as Android mobile? It is part of the new support, uh, support or at least the uh, expanded uh, support that Samsung's trying to push, which is up to five years. So th there's going to be updates and the S7 Plus was on Android 12 quite fast, and I was receiving updates on it consistently, but it wasn't every month. It was more like every three months or so. So definitely longevity and battery life on this is not gonna last, it's not gonna have any problems. Now, obviously there's no wireless charging. That's a different experience. Tablets typically don't get those, uh, but you're getting faster charging on this with the 45 watt. That's the other thing that you got with the Tab S8 Ultra, where we didn't have that with the S8 or S7 Plus that was still running at the 15 to 25 watts. So faster charging, larger battery, better performance and long support. So hopefully that helps you there. Uh, I hope you, I hope that answers the question. 
uh, TK, would Android 12L experience on, okay, uh, would Android 12L improve the experience on tablet? Actually, 12L is 90% intended for tablets and large form factor displays. So foldables and tablets are going to benefit from that. Uh, so the intention for that is obviously to have better, uh, I would say, um, better optimization, better performance, and uh, again, helping us get to that level, which a lot of people are obviously speculating as this is why this year is going to be the year we see uh, the Pixel foldable. You know, not just a Pixel Watch, which is rumored to come out in a couple of months at I.O., but also hearing about a foldable from uh, from Google, which would be a very interesting approach, uh, being that they're doing more on Android to support the ecosystem, the form factor. It makes perfect sense. So and one thing I would also say, and I think Juan would also probably support that one as well. 12L is, I think, what 12 was supposed to be. I think this is those are the things that we always anticipated that 12 was going to do, but it was released, and now we're waiting for 12L. It's March. We're starting to see it. It's in beta in some devices. So hopefully we'll be able to see that, and, and it'll do what it's intended, uh, the ability of improving the experience on large format uh, tablet-style experiences. Aditya, Aditya, Aditya. Our buddy Aditya Nil kicking it with us over on Twitch. Uh, we'll get you to dance on the, We'll get you to dance on the stream one of these days, TK. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I mean, so don't get me wrong. I love this when I got it. So I don't know if it's new or not, but Roger has a very, very good setup when it comes to streaming on on Twitch. Absolutely. Mine is is one of the more seriously more. I'm not gonna say basic. Very, very um, entry level. Uh, and I do want to talk to you guys a little bit about this guy sitting in the background. And I'll talk a little bit. I got I got a another toy yesterday, but it's very much a nostalgic toy experience for me. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. Um, uh, Amaldi's uh, jumping in. Uh, finally made it to catch a live stream, TK. Long time. How are you doing? About Dex, most phones don't have it, but the Office experience, Word, Excel, uh, and, uh, and others uh, should be as good on, on computer uh, on their uh, as good as their computer counterparts. Um, Absolutely. DeX is not available in every single device that Samsung produces. It's been available mostly in the S series, the higher end S series, as well as, uh, and I say that, um, you know, in, I think the Note series, the Fold series, the Z Fold has it, but the Z Flip does not have it. So Samsung's very peculiar about where they, they're incorporating DeX. But absolutely, uh, most Samsung devices support screen mirroring, so you can plug in an HDMI, an MHL, a USB-C connector uh, directly into your smartphone and use your device. And as long as you turn it into the correct orientation to the display that you're using, you're actually not in a bad position to use that type of experience. DeX just makes it more familiar to a laptop experience, meaning the app drawer sitting on the far left, uh, the notifications and the, you know, and the calendar and the Wi-Fi connectivity and all of it is sitting on the bottom right. You have apps sitting on the desktop. It's more of a custom, that, that's the real really functionality I feel like DeX allows us to do. Also, DeX incorporates gesture support into DeX that are different, like similar to Windows. I can swipe down uh, on, you know, three finger down on the, on the touchpad. Everything kind of minimizes. I can do the same thing to open it up. If I do one more time when a window is open, it takes me into the Recents tab, and I can swipe away between things. And I feel like this is where DeX becomes more functional than just using DeX, you know, what we typically get. But uh, I'm definitely with you, yeah. Um, Amaldi is absolutely very, very nice. Uh, having these type of functionalities um, on a Samsung, on a uh, on a Sony, on a OnePlus, on an Oppo is always, always appreciated. So I love that. Uh, Roger, <laughs> thanks, DK. Um, I'll have a, I'll have a proper look at the Stream Deck, uh, and I think it would work very, very well. Absolutely, no, no, seriously. Their integration and what I really love about that, I'm not sure how your lighting setup is in the office, uh, in the studio, uh, but there, there is also automation. So for me, I have them automated to my um, 
my life, my life, uh, the, oh man, my Philips, uh, Philips Hue uh, light bulbs. I'm also connecting them, and I'm and I'm running um, commands using IFTT. So using that functionality, I'm able to turn on and turn off the lights in the middle of it. So I don't have to go looking for buttons and so on. So very customizable and highly recommended. Um, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll share with you some of the things I have in there as well. Uh, da, da, da. I'm really loving the fact that we're getting a lot of conversations going on. Uh, we need a disco party button for your stream. <laughs> okay. ah, Roger's going to kill me. Oh my God. I, I, I yeah. Um, again, if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, check out the tweet I put out a couple of days ago. I, I clipped a piece of the dance when, when, uh, Roger had to dance and it was really cool. He puts on glasses and everything. It's a fun, it's a fun stream to kick it with, obviously, and a lot of cool games. Uh, to play with. Um, just jumping in is um, the ultimate desktop experience will be when Microsoft finally get, uh, ports in Windows 11 to phones uh, as just uh, or just adapt um, uh, adapted into to some part some sort of a desk desk sorry dex 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 or desktop mode options. You have to put those two words together. Uh, that's when uh, it will be generally become useful for everyone. I think there's a big things, a lot of things going on right now with what Microsoft is doing. We need better integration. We need a better representation of Windows on ARM. It, absolutely. There's no question there. Qualcomm's been laying the groundwork for the hardware, and I feel like the hardware is catching up faster than the software side experience. And this is one of the reasons why we haven't seen M1-like experiences. I mean, Apple just announced a whole bunch of announcements this week, right? The M1 Max, the M1 Ultra, sitting in a studio experience, meaning a uh, kind of like the the Mac Mini, but at you know on on crack for the lack of a better term, and and of course obviously with the display and all that good stuff. But the reality is, Apple is kind of like how Tesla is when it comes to cars, right? They're light years ahead of the market. Everybody's trying to catch up to them, and when companies try to catch up, they're still feeling a little bit feeling that like they're not catching up to the to the essence of what they're doing, and. One of the biggest thing, and I'll, and I'll say the same. I know I know a few people that use M1 chips to uh, to render and to to hold up their business and they run their business on it. They swear by it, and this is what we need on the Windows side. We need that type of an experience built into small, more like a Nook, a Zool PC, or those type of experiences where they're able to leverage the HCX Gen 3 models, uh, or even run on uh, unless as as you're saying right there, Aljosa, on our smartphones, so that we can get truly desktop experiences on these devices that are powerful or just as powerful in performing things as some of the more desktop heavy heavy lifting desktop experiences. Now, obviously, the M1 Max and the M1 uh, and the, uh, the M1 Ultra are not cheap. Two thousand to start on the max and 2000 uh, 4000 on the on the ultra but the the consumer the target consumer that they're looking for is also a very, it's also a very different person they're not looking at us creating content i mean well maybe they are looking at content creators but i meant to say is they're not looking for um you know somebody that's looking to upgrade their computer because they just want to do general work there's obviously the macbooks airs there's different experiences going on i also think chrome os is a very good alternative um especially if you're thinking about more budget um and of course keeping in mind that you want to be able to save some money but still get some full benefits of having android apps uh having chrome os run on your on your system and it runs like a laptop uh my my son uses a chrome os um acer chrome os uh, chromebook uh, and that's his computer for work for school that's where he does his homework it, uh, amazing integration with google services runs great external display support a whole bunch of things that i really appreciated about that and it's still getting a lot of mileage i mean the the, the two years let's say that the two years of doing homeschooling 
before they were back to school was running on a Chrome OS book that was already a three-year-old Chrome OS book and it still runs great. Now, I did opt for the i5 model on that one when I bought it and I'm very thankful that I chose to hit a little bit higher than the base model, especially for longevity. And it works great. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, oh, hold on. Okay, so Golan has a question or had a comment. One quick. Man, this is gonna drive me crazy. I gotta, I, I will adjust it after the video, but yeah, for sure. Um, go on jumping in. Um, it can be, uh, it, it can be basically unequivocally st uh, stated that Samsung is the best and the versatile Android. Uh, the Samsung devices are the most, uh, most, uh, you know, the best and the most versatile Android out there. After the bad series of the S20s, uh, they offered new successful uh, models and the A series and the S series like the S21 and the S22. I think the a their A series is absolutely one of their best performers to date. We just don't get enough coverage on them. Um, I walked into T-Mobile because I was returning my, um, I was upgrading to the, S you know, the jump on demand. Uh, I did it. They have a program here, which essentially is a continuous lease, um, but you can trade in as up to four times a year. And I traded it in to get the S22, which Juan is playing with right now. Um, and they had an A32 an A and an, a, uh, no, an A32 and an A52 sitting in, but nobody talks about them. But those are the devices that people go in that are on the budget that want to get a Samsung experience and they don't necessarily want to spend, you know, $600,000 you know, $600, on a smartphone that's either the S-Series or let's say the S21 FE or so on. So I, I don't disagree that Samsung has a very good footing into the, the Android ecosystem. What I'm worried about, what I'm concerned with is they are somewhat worried about their sales and they're not really functioning. I'm not necessarily, I don't want to make it sound like I'm complaining about them. I'm just saying is in the sense of what they did this year, calling it a rule, you know, breaking the rules and so on. There was no rules to be broken. Okay. There were, there were lines that they spent years and millions of dollars supporting and pushing and making people get comfortable and used to the effect that there are two devices that they release, two flagship devices. There's the productivity, which is the note that comes later in the year. And then there's the S series, which is comes in early in the year. And that's typically the latest and greatest from what Qualcomm or, you know, Exynos and so on. That always comes at the beginning of the year. So what I'm worried about is year over year, their S series sales have been plummeting. They're not making as much sales on S series. I mean, I buy these obviously for content and I'm covering it. And that's one of the reasons why I go with that. Um, but one of the things that they did this year is they felt like since they have a small number of note users that are carrying over from the note 20 series that haven't had their upgrade, right? They didn't get the chance to upgrade last year with a note 21 that didn't happen. And then they what basically decided to do is that the S series being that there, it was the, the one that always got more attention because of the timing of when it comes out, they gave us a note this year. So I don't disagree that they have great technology. I don't disagree that they are obviously some of the best performers, manufacturers on the market, hands down. Their displays are in more devices even than their own devices. Uh, but the reality, the end of the day, they need to stick to a plan and they also need to understand that they need to push their A-series more. Spend money on the A-series, promote the A-series more because you're selling more of them. And the fact that you are selling more, not giving it the love because it is working well, you're like, well, I don't have to put money, people are gonna go there. I think it's the wrong approach. We don't have to see a million ads for the S series where they're noticing that sales are not coming up. And now we have delays because again, what they did this year was an interesting approach. They combined their note and their S. So obviously their demand are gonna be a little bit higher than what they typically see. And we're seeing the effects of that. Hardware and obviously the global shortage, that plays a massive factor into this. So their initial bump and their initial uh, release of numbers 
were set for a specific number, but then they got more in people interested because of the the memory jump and so on. So long story short, I want them to do more. I want them to do to be better, but I would also love them to start helping and put and allowing people to speak more about their A series and covering more things. So I want to start looking into their A series, and I want I definitely want to be more excited about that. The last time I covered an ACE device on this channel was when I was going to Japan in 2019. I bought it. I bought it by myself, and I went and I took it with me on a trip, and it was actually very nice. It was very interesting to see. It was an interesting approach to the camera module on the on the A series, and I think it was a good device to actually be able. To play with it wasn't the best camera experience but for me it was more affordable than buying you know like an s series at that year so for sure um dominic uh tiki i'm i'm not on the beta channels uh on my android apps oh okay so the only other thing i could probably recommend if again the only other thing that i've seen in the past that usually do some issues if you use smart switch to switch from your old phone to the new one uninstall clear the well before you uninstall clear memory clear or cache uninstall uh, instagram and then reinstall it fresh see if that help uh, sorry and youtube and see if that helps you a little bit sometimes when you're transferring devices uh, when it transfers content with it it may have an issue although now that i'm saying that i'm realizing you're talking about the youtube app which typically doesn't transfer because it's mostly most likely already installed um you know, it, it's a, it's a little bit of a tough issue. I'm not sure. I would definitely look into it a little bit more. Um, I, I will see if I can find some answers for you on that. Yeah, I'm uh, typically that happens to me more with apps that I transfer, Instagram, Twitter, and so on, than local apps, because those typically, again, they don't share libraries. Those things just stay the way they are. Um, and, and Golan's jumping back says, also because Huawei, uh, Huawei has disappeared and I generally use OnePlus and Oppo devices. I think you have a good, good choice. Obviously, with the, with the absence of Huawei, in, I mean, with the absence of Huawei, I feel like more more companies need to be able to provide us options. Huawei Huawei's place is very much an interesting approach now, and they're better, they're getting better in providing alternative options to GMS, uh, HMS, and uh, Pedal Search, as well as um, uh, you know App Gallery. It was in, was definitely getting much better. And I will say this: I was very surprised to learn when I was at during during my trip to MWC. Um, that apps that show up in pedal search are tested by Huawei. And what I mean by this is we're not just going in and downloading APKs from APK Pure just for the sake of them. They make sure that those apps are actually not only legit, but also are functional and they work well on their devices. So what I mean by this is typically what I do is I go into the Play Store and I search for an app. If you do the same search in pedal search, it shows you the options and you can pick from it and it takes you directly to APK Pure. You don't have to click any links, click any ads. It automatically starts the download and installs the app for you. And those apps are actually manually validated by Huawei to make sure that they work. So yeah, there, there's a lot of things going on, but I, I agree. OnePlus for me is as close as I can get to Oppo in the US market and not the, not because I don't like OnePlus it's because I've had a chance to play with Oppo devices for a year, for a few years and I can see and I appreciate what they offer their Reno series are amazing uh they're obviously the fine series are obviously the the, the, the pinnacle of what their performance can be so it's always appreciated to see what they have so I, I again always interested to see what they uh, they offer um but hopefully we'll we'll see some better improvements in there soon uh, how is the file system on Android? Is it similar to Mac and PC? So the file system on Android is very similar to, um, I don't know explain. It's similar to Windows. Uh, that's the best way to explain it. So you have access to your root directory. You don't have access to, uh, to the um, 
I take that back. You have access to the main uh, main folder system. To get root access, you do need to root your device. So you'll have access to be able to jump in. You can customize exactly where things are being accessed, files. Um, you have access to all the folders. You just obviously you can do you know, searches within the apps. I personally like to use um, Google Files as a, as a file manager, which works slightly better because it also includes a sharing functionality that uses Google nearby sharing as opposed to some of the other functionalities that we have. Not that it's not existent, but you know, functionally it's there. Uh, very simple, very easy, customizable, very accessible. And I love the fact that it, most devices that do support MHL integrate that functionality directly into their, uh, to their file manager, Samsung being one of them. You plug in a USB-C drive onto that uh, onto your Samsung. It shows up literally on the left as a drive. So you have your internal drive, your main internal storage. Then you have your drive, which is sorry about that. Uh, typically, will be uh, like you know, like an SD card uh, or even a thumb drive. So very easy and very accessible. I like Android, and is uh, it is getting a little bit weird um, with the access or file access uh, configuration right now. Uh, from Android 11 to Android 12, but from a usability standpoint, not on the app functional side, it's very simple, very easy, and very, very similar. Um, Marilyn, yeah, so Marilyn is also uh, running on the Note, uh, Note 22 Ultra, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and I think she went with the burgundy one, if I'm not mistaken, Marilyn, correct me, of course. Uh, the S Pen is essential for me, and I hate carrying the pen separately, And but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a very, very specific usability type of an experience. Not that I don't like the S Pen. I love having an S Pen functionality on my device. The one, the S21 Ultra, one of the main reasons I went for the Ultra last year was because they announced it and they made it available with the S Pen. For me, my main experience, what I want is cross-platform or cross-device uh, functionality. The S Pen on the on Tab S8 Ultra does not is not supported on the Note uh, on the Note um, on the Note 22 Ultra, uh, and one of the you know actually i'll take that back let me let me correct myself because i have a feeling i'm about to correct myself because if i'm not mistaken sorry yeah it actually does work okay so i was mistaken so the reason why i made it okay I'll, i will my my main thing and i do want to correct this correctly i, I want to make sure to say that correctly um if you don't take out the s pen that's built into the s22 ultra and you try to use the pen from the tab s8 ultra the tab s8 ultra does not pen does not work and what I mean by this is, and that's not because of the S Pen, and that's because Samsung has a has a functional term. When the S Pen is not active, meaning it's not out of its silo, the phone doesn't support it. It's almost like it automatically turns off the functionality of an S Pen. And that's one of the reasons why the pen didn't work. So that, I do apologize. I, I've, You know what? I, I take that back. Somebody on Thursday kind of commented, and I did not put the two and two together because I typically just the S twenty the S twenty one Ultra didn't have that problem, right? It never had a phone. Uh, it never had a silo, so pen was easily used between the two. Uh, but I do appreciate. It. I forgot who it was that mentioned that, but. Yeah, if you don't like to carry the pen, the Note is obviously going to be the perfect example. My wife loves her Note twenty Ultra. Actually, my wife didn't even want to upgrade to the S twenty two Ultra because of MST functionality. And this is a weird thing. She likes Samsung Pay with MST. And ever since the uh, S21 Ultra, we never had that functionality and the new one doesn't support it. So you lose functionality there. But again, very, very happy that you enjoyed it. As long as it meets your expectations, I think that's the biggest thing there. Um, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy's jumping back with Dominic on that one. <laughs> it's a lot more flexible, joking. Oh my God. Uh, David, um, uh, he prefers uh, he prefers the S series. Okay, yeah, uh, I think David is jumping in, kind of covering me there. Yeah, hmm. I love it, love it, love it, love it. 
JK, uh, what's the down? Uh, what's the drawbacks of possibly using an S8 Ultra as a laptop replacement? Okay, so uh, when we talk about drawbacks as far as functionality, obviously, um, I mean you're you're not getting the the Windows functionalities. That's primarily what the biggest things are. Uh, you are func there are some interesting approaches here to what you're able to do. The Tab S8 Ultra, the S8 series, allows you to allows you to use them as external display, wireless displays to your PC but you're not getting the full windows experience so compatibility with applications and actual like desktop type style experiences i'm talking about basically actual full-blown editors like davinci using uh not to say that you want to run them there but that's what the m1 is trying to do right they're giving us desktop class experiences like final cut um and of course using uh, if you want to use imovie and so on but there are actual like adobe and so on that run on the m1 which is a mobile processor so that's when that's mac you know mac os on arm Windows just doesn't have that yet. And that the, some of the drawbacks that you get there, you do need to get a PC for those type of experiences. Now, conversely, if you're very comfortable or more comfortable using Android type of experiences, I think those are the things that definitely can benefit from having a larger canvas, as long as the developers are supporting that. And what I mean by this, video editors, always going to be something that I can appreciate having more landscape to work with. I don't I don't mind working when I'm editing video that is more of the standard TikTok reels and and shorts type style. I don't mind editing on a phone. I'm not going to lie. But when I start having to work on a landscape and my timeline has to cross and I need to have the preview and the timeline and my files, uh, file management or my whatever the file picker sitting in there and starting to work with editor, uh, you know, clips and, and edits and so on. I appreciate having that type of format extended to the Tab S8 Ultra as opposed to what we typically have uh, on Windows, which again, you can definitely do way more. You can run separate monitors. You can run separate monitors in here. It's just, like I said, if you're used to more, more Windows class applications, that's where it starts kind of changing. Um, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, all of those definitely work, but they're running the mobile Android versions of them. Uh, it's not exactly the desktop experience. So th that's some of the main thing. But it depends on what you're looking for. Absolutely, uh, you if you're looking for content consumption, uh, light editing, some con you know some um, you know playing games and so on on mobile, I think the Tapas Eight Plus is definitely way more more than capable of providing you that experience, and you're not going to miss too much. It's what your expectations, and I, I would probably say, is it should be more tuned towards what you expect from your phone, and that that will give you a better understanding what the drawbacks are. Some there, hopefully that makes sense. Uh, misread the message file system on Android is more flexible than I yeah so uh, Roger is actually jumping in with that as well uh, it is more flexible than on, on iOS I will say that much uh, and much easier to interface with and again you plug in an SD card and then plug in a thumb drive easily accessible easy to share content from easy to access the file and you can actually allow apps to access files off a thumb drive is just as easily as it is when it's trying when you're trying to share directly from the internal storage so I, I appreciate that functionality a lot more uh, but yes, JK is in there uh, kicking it with us. Uh, let me see here. Roger Bot is in there. See, okay, I knew Roger Bot was going to show up. Uh, still here, TK. Just moved over to, to Twitch <laughs> to watch uh, to watch with the DT. I appreciate it. Always, always appreciate it. Uh, again, if you has if you guys have not had a chance to, this actually is the channel itself. So it's Roger Bot, but with the three as opposed to an E for Roger, uh, and of course Bot. In, and you'll definitely you can't miss you cannot miss uh, our our friend over there. Uh, and you more than likely you'll probably end up seeing Jermaine, a concept creators, hanging out in every single one of his streams as well. Always a great great group of people hanging out in there as well. Um, Surface Pro X is an ARM Windows PC, works very nice. So the experience on that one, uh, Greg, it's definitely one of the better experiences that we've seen to date. 
The concern obviously is still not fully, um, it doesn't compete with the desktop experience. It still feels more limited than um, what you typically are able to do. Adobe and every uh, and big companies are starting to support, they're trying to work with them. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that we wanna see is adoption. M1 and Apple was able to perform or do something that we haven't seen on Windows on, on Android yet. It's show developer support at the door. So when they were releasing the M1, the biggest thing that a lot of people started looking at is like, how does this work? How does that function? They had support. They had Adobe on their lineup. They had Final Cut. They had iMovie. They had a whole bunch of things going on. And the reality of the matter is the, the proof is in the pudding. The M1 performs. It does its job. Uh, so if you're looking for something that really will perform great as far as mobile or Windows on ARM or Mac OS on ARM, those are the things that we want to be able to see there. Uh, and I feel like Apple with their own silicon on the M1 are definitely pushing the limit. I am still trying to wait to see what is the true benefit of having uh, the Ultra M1 because this the Ultra M1 essentially is two Mac uh, two M1 Maxes fused together with their own custom bridge and what you're getting there essentially is just literally doubling the resources and allowing it to go to 128 gigs of unified memory and performance that is supposed to be compatible with uh, like very high end PCs that are running Intel chipsets with discrete graphic cards uh, compatible you know performance and with less power draw so this is where the m1 benefits or why we want it on arm it's the fact that the power draw is much le much less devices can last much longer and you're definitely getting really good experience for me i just haven't been able to justify that as a, as a replacement i will not deny the fact that when i was traveling over to mwc i took over and you'll see a video on that very soon an msi katana laptop very nice very capable device very powerful device running a 3060 gpu in there discrete video card but I still think that if I had an M1 laptop, like a MacBook Pro M1, I probably would have been flying much faster on my edits and everything would have been much simpler. So I understand and I appreciate it. But again, I'm just very much stuck in what I currently have. And I think at some point I may end up looking into the studio as a replacement for editing, specifically for editing or even just producing content or even like, you know, working on live streams and so on. So a lot of things to, to kind of talk about there. But I appreciate, yeah, definitely, Greg. Uh, there's nothing to be said, nothing bad to be said about the uh, the Mac, uh, the uh, Surface Pro X. It's again Windows. It's not really, it's not Microsoft. Uh, so it's with the Windows side, the software side that we need to work on. Uh, Amaldi, jumping back in there, Amaldi TK. Our phones are powerful enough to run full Microsoft Office, but we only get the cheap, barely working versions. And it it is it is a weird uh, approach. I feel like. Um, Microsoft and even sometimes Google, which is weird, they prioritize the, e the iOS ecosystem mostly because of the number of people that are on them over their own native system. So we want more functionalities. We want simple, easy interfaces to use, but also the ability of adjusting to 12L. And I'm hoping 12L does that. And once we see 12L land on the Duo 2, okay, Microsoft's own Android devices, I think that's when we're going to start seeing some better improvements in these app uh, supported apps. Because once they improve it for their ecosystem, by default, all of Android gets that at the same time, because they're running Android on there, right? So I think Juan and I are both very excited to see what is Microsoft going to do with 12L and how they optimize and improve the experience on tablets, but more specifically on the Duo series. Because if you know, the Duo runs a tablet UI, the phone may hold two separate screens. When you're running the, the actual canvas, if you ever use screen mirroring, it actually mirrors the actual desktop experience on, on, uh, on the Duo as a tablet. There's no line in the middle. Now, the UI, and this is because Microsoft had to do this on top of Android, does have some customizations done by, by Microsoft to automatically recognize 
each display as a separate device you open it up an app it's switched from one side to the other so long story short it's going to come together more as we start seeing what 12l has to offer to us so we'll see how that goes uh da, da, da. russ um tk what cases will uh what cases will be getting for the s8 ultra other than uh, the one using the book cover that you have so the uh, the standing cover that samsung has right now is uh, uh, I'm, I'm on order on that one waiting for that one i did check up on mobile fun and they do have some extended other additional cases um i love cases with and i don't have down i don't know where it is oh one second let me see if i can show you guys this I like cases that are functional and that also create a desk. So this is my Tab S7 Plus. I just, obviously when you trade it in, you don't turn in all your accessories. But this case allowed me to basically put the tablet in a somewhat of like an inclined position. So different configuration. So therefore you have the tablet kind of sitting in sideways in here. And then when you're not using it, it holds it straight. So, you know, I would think uh, if we have something like this, this was also an original Samsung from last year. Uh, this type of cases, I think will always be more functional. Um, if you tend to use it more outdoors, meaning you need a little bit more ruggedness around the sides, get a full case. Uh, the keyboard case is great, but it exposes the both the top and the side parts of the tablet at all times. So if something kind of comes in and hits it the wrong way, you're not getting that protection. That's why I want the standing uh, app or the standing um, uh, case. As soon as I get the, uh, my cases together, I do plan on putting a video just to showcase the case collection that I have for the Tab S8 Ultra. Um, I did the one last year, and I think a lot of people always look for options for their tablets uh, because they're not necessarily very supportive with everybody right not every case manufacturer makes one for the tablet the s22 ultra got i got like cases up the wazoo um i pushed up two separate videos and one of them was three minutes long let's just say that that's how many cases i have for the s22 series great selection but that's how they get supported devices way more than tablets uh doo -doo -doo. Uh, jk absolutely any any time <laughs> absolutely any time uh, here, real quick, Dominic. TK, um, uh, is it a, uh, is it a switch? Sorry, is it a switch for the S Pen on the S Pen? I think it's the actual mechanism that clips the actual S Pen into the uh, into the S twenty two. Because you don't even have to take it out. The moment I just unclick this one and open it, so here I remove the pen and it initiates the on screen memo. Right at this point, I can start using the actual pen. But the problem is obviously nobody's going to do that and I have the pen hanging and wait for it to drop. So obviously it's not really intended to be on the S22 Ultra. I think it's really more meant to be, uh, and I mean the Note 22 Ultra, it's really meant more for S series or devices that didn't have that functionality. Uh, one thing to keep in mind though, that this S Pen on the S8 or as well as the S Pen on the uh, Note 22 Ultra are not intended for the fold. So do not at ever, any, any point try to use them. If you do, it will give you that warning. That one has specifically uh, either the Fold S Pen or the S Pen Pro that has the compatibility there, for sure. Uh, da, da, da. TK, um, if, I, if I were you, I'd return the S22 Ultra to T-Mobile. So let, let's talk a little bit about that one. So uh, my experience with the S22 Ultra, and, and I want to kind of just you know, preface it that by saying I chose the S22 Ultra on T-Mobile during my pre-order from Samsung, not from T-Mobile, because of the promotional details that they did there. They gave me an extra $100 on my trade-in, so my, S, uh, my uh, S22, S21 Ultra was getting 800 as opposed to 700 which I don't know why it's still 700 but... Um, and then it was an extra $100 on the credit uh, towards the price, meaning it lowered the price of the actual S22 Ultra. So... Initially, at the time, I was thinking, okay, 
the only thing I'm going to have to deal with is delayed updates. That's typically what I expect from a smartphone that comes from a carrier as opposed to an unlocked model. Um, and it used to be at one point, by the way, that used to be the story. And then Samsung for a while started giving the unlocked model the second chair kind of approach where carriers push out the update and Samsung would push the update on their S series or their own unlocked models later on. That kind of has switched around now. They're kind of more at the same time. But what I'm trying to say is this. Um, the bloatware that was installed on my S22 Ultra was easily disabled. I'm going to say super easy. Um, T-Mobile app, with the exception of that one, because that's just the only system app that they had installed there. I was able to disable that one, but I also, also was able to uninstall every single other app that T-Mobile installed on my phone. So the McAfee software, the T-Mobile Play, the T-Mobile Tuesday, the T-Mobile Voicemail, the T-Mobile app, as I mentioned, I kind of disabled. And I, initially, that was kind of like I was surprised, like, okay, this is not as bad. Um, there was that one requirement where I had to have an active SIM on my device to be able to, for me to be able to set it up. That threw me off a little bit, but I understand it's a T-Mobile device. They want to keep that piece. Um, it was during my trip to Barcelona that I started getting a little bit weirded out. And what I mean by that is the device itself decided to start installing apps from T-Mobile with a message saying that these applications are going to be helping me have a better experience, better connectivity, so on and so forth. The long story short, the apps were Amazon Shopping and Facebook and T-Mobile Play, as well as if I'm, I forgot what the other app is, there was like a fourth app that was supposed to be installed. Nothing relating to performance, nothing relating to improvement experience purely installing third-party apps. Now, I quickly uninstalled them, and it also installed its own uh, app installer. That was the other thing. Um, but again, those are the things that I was able to disable the first time. And I've gone further now, and I've disabled the entire background processes for those. So there's no more functionalities. There, there's a sprint. I want to forget what it's called. Um, so there's there's the typical T-Mobile app that runs in the background for analytics. And then there was a Sprint uh, app that they were running in there, which is surprising, but it's part of the Sprint merger that allowed them to reinstall apps. My concern was the fact that I was just not requested. It was not a question as, do you want to install them? It was more of the, yeah, by the way, we just install them. So at least they let me know. So it's not like a surprise. But with that being said, if you're not comfortable or do not know enough to be able to disable apps to go down to that level and actually disable them, or get them out so that they don't come back, especially background processes. This is something that you had no control over, which made me feel weird. Um, and this is why I think uh, Greg was kind of uh, pointing out that, you know, you should have gone ahead and returned it. Um, I wanted to, but this is the weird part. This is where I felt very stuck. With every story being pushed or everybody posting saying how delayed the orders are and how late it takes for devices to get, especially unlocked models. I knew that if I returned my, S21, uh, my S22 Ultra right now, I would be waiting months to be able to get it again. So I started weighing my, my benefits of pros against the cons. Should I, should I not? Do I really want to? What do I want to do? I ended up sticking with the S22 Ultra, but I am going to be starting to switch over devices. As you know, it's starting to get busy. We're starting to see more phones come out. So it wasn't really as big of an issue for me. I'm kind of cutting into the, the I feel like Samsung SEO on the S22 and the, and the Tab S8 are starting to kind of go more normalized back to normal what they used to be. So the demand isn't very high. I don't really see it as a big issue. And I've also taken care of it in a way where it will not come back. Now I still don't know how that's going to be dealt with once we get an update, but you know we'll deal with we'll deal with that once things kind of come out there. Uh, nothing against T-Mobile per se. I just want control over my device. When a device costs twelve to thirteen hundred dollars, regardless of what trade-ins that you're doing, whatever whatever promotions you're able to get on, the value of what that device is supposed to be, and you think you're buying it. It makes it very interesting that a carrier would still want to be able to have more control than you do on that phone. So, but with that being said, 
we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Oh, sorry. Uh, Golan had a comment there. Uh, TK and Juan are broadcasting uh, the best of our week. Uh, please consider for those uh, in, in the live chat that haven't had a chance to check out uh, and the, that are living in the Middle East. Uh, please, uh, to more convenient times, I appreciate that. So um, I realized that. That it's always a big challenge for uh, for at least in the U.S. So the timing that we have should be early enough, which unfortunately I feel like it is still too early for the Middle East. We haven't been able to find the right timing. I prefer if we were able to have it around the nine o'clock time um, during the day, but it's always a scheduling kind of thing. So I, I will talk to Juan uh, a little bit more. Um, for you guys, for most everybody that knows, obviously in the comments, uh, Ramadan is about to start in another month, less about a, less than a month. Um, and then for me, uh, breaking fast is around the time when we actually, you know, where sunset's going to be. Uh, speaking of which, surprising, surprising, uh, tomorrow in the U.S., uh, we're going to be jump changing our time. We're going to spring forward. So the time's going to change about an hour. And so what I'm trying to say is there may be some con some recommendations as to maybe hopefully be able to change the time on that. But I, I understand. I appreciate that, Golan. Uh, we'll keep that in mind. And I'll talk to Juan about that as well. It is one of the later ones. Uh, but I do also see that we get more... Um, more people able to attend the, sh the show live when we have it uh, in the morning. Like last week when I came back from Barcelona, uh, we had that on Friday morning and that I feel like worked out much, much better. Um, let me see here. Russ, real quick. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I am massively behind. Hold on. Let me see. Where, what time is this? Show? So 10.41, 10.50. Whoa. Okay. I am 24 minutes behind on the chat. So let's go ahead and do a quick picking. Uh, I'll do that uh, as we're getting close to the TK section as well. So Russ, um, what cases will you be getting for the S8 Ultra? I think I already covered that one as well. I think it may be a double post. Sarvan, hey man, hope you're doing well. Sabaho everyone. Snapdragon 695 is a weird chip. It's as powerful as the 750, but it doesn't have 4K video support. It's a very interesting approach. I feel like it's a weird... Not not that it's a weird chip, but you're right. The the performance, the power, this the S this SOC is somewhat limiting. And yes, 1080p 60 is the maximum we can see, which I don't understand why we don't have slightly better performance. Uh, it could also still be something in the early generation. It could be that the six series is not intended to have 4K. The seven series can reserve that be in the mid range, mid to better performance range for the seven series. So always interested to see what we have there um i don't know if anybody in the chat knows of other six series that support 4k but yeah let me know um apple uh, the, the likes of legacy software like yeah absolutely with dominic it, it, it is a very weird relationship when it goes down to, to max and trying to switch over to that ecosystem getting that support or legacy software support uh russ jumping back here um m1 on the ipad was an overkill uh, over is a, yes absolutely i think the biggest thing that I, I i feel like is they're using what they have and since we don't have the x series anymore the m1 makes perfect sense they're not using it for the full potential but they definitely you know at some point i'm, I'm ready i'm really ready for them to say uh we're gonna put an m1 on a, on the iphone just to be able to say that they have the i the m1 in there uh, there's such a bizarre way software implementation from Samsung on the S22 Ultra. It is very weird. Um, the lockdown, the relationship that they're setting up. I, I don't appreciate the fact that I need to have an active SIM to activate this phone. Because again, and I think Quan made the perfect sense of that when we were talking about it. Is, let's say you want to give this phone to a friend or a family member um, and they don't have a T-Mobile SIM. They cannot reset that phone. The moment they reset it, they lost functionality. The phone just doesn't start without an active SIM from that carrier. So we'll have to see how that goes as well. Uh, I am going to start skipping a few guys. I do apologize with that one. TKception, absolutely, we are getting to that point. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Chemi, for kicking it there. 
Um, uh, so everybody, if you want, go ahead and start putting those in there. I'll, I'll try to see if I can caption that and get there in there. Um, Marilyn, um, I suppose I don't notice those apps uh, because I, uh, because Amazon is uh, the one I always use on my phone. Anyhow, um, I was it was ported over from my previous phone, uh, though uh, it was oh, it, this one is unlocked. So yeah, definitely unlocked. You definitely get a different, a much different experience there. And I do notice. Oh, okay. So we are at that point. I guess I did hit the rear thing. So I I do apologize if I didn't get your questions. Um, I will go ahead and just put that. I'll give you, I'll give you guys a few more seconds to kind of put some more of the, 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 it is that time, obviously the TK exception. Um, so this week has been really interesting as time is moving on and, and I'm more and more, I use the tab S8 ultra and then more, I use the S22 ultra. I'm realizing different things and different functional things that are working for me. Um, battery life on the S22 ultra, I'll, I'll be very frank with you guys. Not the best, not the best, uh, not what I was getting on the S21 ultra for sure. But it could also be because of software optimizations, and I'm not getting that many pushed software updates. Again, T-Mobile, there's going to be that little bit of a, a waiting, waiting, wait and see type of a game of how, what is the cadence delay on the on the updates there. The S22 Ultra or the S20, the Tab S8 Ultra has been a pleasure to use. Very nice. The canvas, the speakers, the display, everything on this seems to be super, super nice. Um, the touch responsiveness, and of course, if there were anything that I can, I'm not saying that I want to pick, but if there was anything that I would like to see, actually, and it's going to sound weird, I want better, or maybe thicker uh, bezels on slightly on the side, more so than others. Every time I'm using the tablet and I'm holding it in my hand, like right there, because the bezels are so much smaller, it makes it so that I always act kind of accidental, accidentally open up the settings of the launcher. Not that it's a big issue. Obviously, if you're using it in the case, not as much of a concern. But if there was one thing I would like to maybe have better finger touch cancellation on those experiences, especially when you know people are holding your tablet. Um, on the S22 Ultra, uh, cases support, everything has been working uh, you know, just as expected. Uh, cameras, pr camera performance is really good. Uh, I got the 512 gig model on the on T-Mobile variant, and I finally was able to get everything customized and disabled anything that I did not want on my device. So it's getting better. Uh, and I'm hopefully with software, we'll be able to do even more uh, with that coming up very soon. So um, let me just jump back real quick. Uh, okay, so we have, here, we're, we're going to start it here. So if you're not familiar with this, uh, I forget always to introduce this. Um, we have this little segment on the show. So Roger has his dancing on the Rogerbot uh, show over on Twitch. Mine is a TKception. It allows me to actually do a small visual effect here that does on the channel that surprisingly happened by pure coincidence a few years ago and it's basically become a cornerstone of my show so with that being said this is probably why you're seeing a lot of the tkception for the folks over on the audio podcast as you know it comes out a couple of days after the show um you can definitely check that out on the video and it is going to be coming up around the one hour and 28 minutes on the show uh, i can actually share that with you guys so i'll say hey, share screen i'm going to select and let's do this right there boom right there um, and with this, I always love to have, uh, I always appreciate everybody hanging out with us. I love to highlight and showcase everybody, all of our fans and, and, and friends that have been on the channel and in a chat with us for, for years to come. So with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to Chemi for kicking it with us, TKception. Uh, and of course, we have Greg, as always, kicking it with us, TKception, TKMWC Bay, TK The Man, TKS8 Ultra Bay. Always, oh, man. Believe it or not, I'm challenged right now, and I want to get figure out a way how to get this to say right. Every time I use speech to text on my devices and I try to say the Android Bay, Google always thinks I'm saying the Android Pay with the P, not a B. And I understand the closeness in there, but it just to me is like you gotta, yeah, either way. 
a lot of things going on. Chemi Torres as well, back with it. TK Seption, the Android Bay Seption. Uh, TK, my friend. TK uh, Kakarot Bay. Always Kakarot. Um, you'd be surprised how many people in Barcelona knew who this guy was, and they never referred to him as Goku. Always refer to him as Kakarot. So you know how much uh, Dragon Ball and, and you know the support there going on. TK Amigo and Hashtag Saturday, of course. Finn Jacobs, thank you very much for hanging out with, a, with us. TKception. Uh, Roger Butt, always kicking it with us. Uh, of course, still <laughs> kicking it with Aditya with us on, on, the, on the Twitch. Aditya, the man, the myth himself, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel. Aditya Anil. Uh, TK Seption, TK Bay, TK Super Saiyan Bay, and of course, uh, TK Encouraging Well-Educated edu uh, Discourse Bay. I always try to allow both sides to be able to speak their mind, and of course, at the end of the day, as consumers or as listeners, to be able to actually, you know, make our own opinion based on the inputs that we have. So always, always great. Thank you very much, Aditya. Um, and everybody kicking it with us. Dominic Wong, as always, uh, kicking it with us. I uh, hope you guys are doing and the weather is much better. Uh, TKception, TKR Bay, TK Super Saiyan Bay, Dragon Ball Bay, always, as you guys know. Um, conversely, one of the videos I dropped this week, I shared the way I create or I, the way I'm able to get um, Dragon Ball or Goku on all of my thing. Come on. Uh, okay, so it doesn't want to do it. Oh, here we are. So this is how I actually am able to, to get Dragon Ball on all of my phones. Uh, my Samsung phone is my Xiaomi phone. So I shared the video there because I get that. That literally is the number one question for the channel. How did you get that wallpaper? And where do I get it or how can I download it? So hopefully you guys, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, check that out on the main channel. Uh, very, very nice. Thank you to Josa, uh, of course. Uh, Master Tech Bay, thank you very much. Dragon, uh, sorry, Dragon Goddess, thank you very much for kicking it with us. Uh, Golan, always, always, thank you very much. Uh, and of course, uh, Sebastian, thank you very much. Sebastian Lobos, I didn't even know you were there, man. Appreciate it. TKception, uh, Chemi kicking it with us. And always, always, as always, Rogerbot kicking us with his first TKception hash. TK should party deception. <laughs> Oh my God, we got to talk. I'll talk to you about it. I'll talk to you more about it later. Russ, always, always appreciated TKception. Um, and of course, uh, TK likes the Tab S8 Ultra. <laughs> it prefers over the Tab S8 Plus. Always, always great. Um, Chemi kicking it back with us again. Jimmy Fire Dragon, thank you. Thank you very much. TKception, TK stay hydrated. Always, always on right. So this is going to be the challenge when we're doing our Android Bay on when Ramadan starts. You're going to notice a lot of, uh, we'll, we'll see. It, it's literally only four Android Bays, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting approach. Uh, drinking water is always going to be a, a challenge for this. Uh, Russ, always kicking it with us. And uh, thank you for everybody hanging out with us. Let me tell me, oh, ER, Ibrahim, thank you. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Shukran. Um, and, and with everybody, at, at the end of the day, really, you know, tech, what we do with tech, whatever we whatever we decide to buy a piece of tech, whenever we look at hardware, whenever we look at devices that are available on the market, I always look at them as they need to be an extension or an improvement over what we normally want to do. So if you're buying a piece of tech and you are, oh, and I do want to say, I don't want to forget about this. I just realized. Thank you to Juan for letting me borrow his uh, IQ uh, 9 Pro the BMW of all devices, absolutely stunning. Uh, a fingerprint sensor that I barely have to basically touch or even almost like sneeze in the general area and it unlocks. Really, really nice device. So I'm really excited to be able to check that out. Um, just do better, do well, be safe, take care of yourself and always try to enjoy the tech that you buy. I hope that at the end of the day, we're never in a situation where we're having to use something and not be happy with it, but stuck with it. So do better, be safe. Hope you have a great rest of the weekend. 
Um, next weekend's show on the Saturday, uh, on next Saturday show, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out my son. Um, so Omar has a swim meet that's coming up. And it's a competition for his swimming uh, for his swimming classes. So uh, depending on how the timing on that, I may end up having the the show show up on Friday as opposed to Saturday. We'll have to work it out. Uh, but I'll keep you guys posted over on Twitter so you guys will be always aware of that. So with that being said, thank you for everybody for kicking it with us, hanging in, uh, hanging out with us. Uh, and please, please, please make sure to. Uh, I'll see you guys obviously on Monday on the SGGQA uh, in the chat there for Juan uh, on the best of our week. And you may and may not see me in the chat over on Rogerbot as well as Matt Tyler on uh, purposely gaming as well as uh, roger by over on on twitch so with that being said thank you be safe stay safe and i'll see you guys next week on another episode of the android bay bye-bye for now